0: <laughs> Does the uh, Oscar uh sound off music go? Like get off the stage like I think that's Maybe just take the one from Jurassic Park. No, because that'd be too awesome to get like all I wouldn't I, I, I like the that right. for a couple years, where that was almost like the default one if there wasn't a accompanying music. I mean, obviously you'd use like something from the movie if you Maybe they did, but I don't remember that specifically. I think those theme. were, like, the Lifetime Achievement songs, stuff like that, uh, that are movie-centric, like, to one movie. I feel like it must be something more generic than that, but maybe it's not. But I'd be totally stoked to get, like, played off the stage with the Jurassic Park theme. Mm. Well, yeah, that's the theme to it, too. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, that'd be a great one. It's the by far the best part of all of uh whatever the last one was, Jurassic World. hmm is just that the one trailer that started with like the soft oh, piano, like that. It's, it worked for Moan, but now every reboot that, that's doing it is doing like the soft piano yeah. version of the song from the original. And you're like, oh, come on. Like the Ghostbusters one did like, do, 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 do. I thought do, it worked. Yeah. It works for a hot Moan, but then you really are like drilled into the idea, like, oh, this is just nostalgia. You're trying to hook me on. This is going to be a turkey, isn't it? I would have killed if had that instead of the, uh, Fallout Boy version of the ghostbuster theme song well you can't win them all brother you can't win them all it's weird it's a good chunk of that movie where i'm like this is still pretty decent but oof, this 45 second ghostbusters fallout boy montage is terrible yeah I, it's one of those things that wherein you you have to imagine there was a board meeting where they sat down and were like all right guys so we're gonna update the new ghostbusters theme we're gonna Kick it out. You know, kids want... They're not going to be into Ray Parker Jr. anymore. They probably don't... He's dead, I think. I don't even know. But anyways, we got to get someone new. Who the kids love? And, like, someone was like, Katy Perry! And someone else was like, Tara Swift. They're like, I hear you guys. What about someone much cheaper, like Fall Out Boy? <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, do they do a lot of great music? They're like, eh, sometimes. All right, so here's what we're going to say. Certainly take, not recently. <laughs> take the original and just... Play with it a little bit. They're like, hey, uh, Walk the Moon did a version. It's actually very similar, but just a little different. They're like, hmm. Can we get something more awful and obtuse? It's not different enough. I really want to, like, butcher a new song, but then also rape you in your nostalgia for the original song. I want you to sit there and just be ashamed for what happened, and you have to contemplate deleting Ghostbusters yeah. off your iTunes because you're too concerned, that every time you hear it, you're just going to think of the Fallout Boy version. It's a ridiculously catchy tune. It does. Although I I do the have it on my iPhone. Huey Lewis, it feels like gets less and less credit every year for writing. Oh yeah, at this point, I it's like whatever. You probably like, stole want a from him. new drug. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, on the list of Huey Lewis new songs, this is also one of the ones. It's not I on my now. top ten. <laughs> it's one of the <laughs> other ones. I don't know. I'm big Huey Lewis fan, though, so oh, I right. go pretty deep. You know, you know the deep Huey and Lewis his tracks. Top-iest tracks. Like I didn't even want to say deep track because I'm sure I'd get shamed right now. So I like. Name more than three songs off any album. Tom Paul just bursts his head into our room. Into the room, he's like, "Name the best Huey Lewis songs off his third album." You're like, "All right." Are the so news still involved at that point. <laughs> he's like, "Oh no, I'm waiting for you to tell me, me, your cousin Tom Paul, the biggest Huey Lewis in the newspaper." But it's you asked true. me the name of the, the title not, of the album. Not a true fact, by the way. You asked me the title of the album. Not the name of the artist. No. I feel like you should spot me name of the no, artist. No, he's telling you how many, named the best tracks from Huey Lewis's third album. I know, but I'm just stalling. It oh, you're me. just trying that, it no to it. You're like, really, what do you describe as an album? Because there's solo songs that are released as albums. I'm album, not, and, and I'm not sure there. if he's like Chicago where he had like eight albums before <laughs> anyone was listening to him, so. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, you gotta find those DJ, You're like, yeah, Huey Lewis's first album was in 1959. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> how old is he? Girls just want to have fun. <laughs> by the way, little known fact. Girls just want to have fun by Cyndi Lauper was a cover of a 1970 song by a dude. Yeah, that was definitely a weird fact to learn while we were driving on the way home. I... Can you imagine a dude singing that song? It has to be. Without it sounding weird? Uh, let's see. Girls just. it like an ode to prostitutes? What else? Like, why would a guy be singing that song? Maybe a lot of the lyrics were changed? I, I don't know, but I'm, I, this actually I do need to look up because it's like. All right. This, this will be our last diversion before Oscar talk. <laughs> totally. By the way, this was the Oscar podcast for totes. All right. Hold on. So his name was Robert Hazard right. was his name and girls just want, yeah, will figure it out from there. It's got to be on here. I'm sure. All right. Here we go. This was from nineteen seventy nine. It sounds like an old record. It does. It sounds like hello. Wow, she really salvaged this song though. Yeah. yeah, she did. That's that's like um, that takes a genius to hear that song and be like, I can make that amazing. Yeah, to say like, you know what? Maybe if a chick sung this song. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe Cotton. it wouldn't have been as high on the rape charts as it was. Yeah, that's it's such a weird song to be like. Yeah, the original was sung by a dude. It is much better known as a single from Cyndi Lauper. Released <laughs> her version in 1983. Even like the most clandestine Wikipedia thing, much better now. They're like, yeah, you know what? It's it's actually a lot better. <laughs> How many extra letters you had to type in to get to the original version yeah. of that song? I had to like type. I had to like clarify not Cyndi Lauper version. And You You put, buy a dude, and it's still like, just for your information. Cindy Lauper, not a dude. Did you hear about, uh, um, this is another off-topic thing, but apparently like All right, we gotta, like. We'll get we'll be there to say. But like, Wikipedia, apparently, like, they just discovered are having bots that are currently just in an editing war with one another. Oh, man. Like, robots that are just constantly deleting and undeleting each other's See, now I feel like I need to be giving Wikipedia money again. (laughs) Otherwise, I just love the idea, and I hope it's like that's some... terrifying. <laughs> I hope it's like um. Oh, who played the blind guy on Becker? <laughs> who was the actor who did that guy? Oh, I hope it's like that dude's page, and he constantly is like looking. I was like, what the fuck? Why is it my page? It's like gobbledygwhop all the way down. <laughs> the, the robots are fighting over editing it, and whether or not I'm notable enough to have my own page. So wait, are the are the bad ones trying to put? I think information in, or they just. I think they're just. I see. think they're just. They're essentially like editing over top of each other. I get way too much info from Wikipedia, so I really. I, I mean, that's that would be. It's a dangerous. If it's I a did. dangerous thing to get all of it from Wikipedia. I mean, I turn on the news sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like I do watch Morning Joe. I'm like, Ooh, brother, the editing robots are on that too. I haven't seen Morning Joe in like a year now. Mm-hmm. It's like get up too early. Oh no. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, bot on bot conflict. Um, yeah, they're essentially just rewriting each other, I think. Uh, I don't think you're actually going to go to a page and it's going to be like blah, 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 but wow. it's just the notion. I, I love the idea that like, they just discovered that it's like, hey, apparently a bunch of robots are fine on Wikipedia trying like, to edit like Becker's I'm, page. I'm fine with like Wikipedia just being this generation's PBS where you're going like, people, please, throw money at this so it has some chance of staying afloat. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a point in time too where Wikipedia was a place I'd spend Hours at a time on, I still spend a lot of time. I try to limit it. Now that there's wikis that exist that are like more specific versions for like the nerdy stuff, I was going to go to Wikipedia for anyway. And since those are usually written by fans, it's like you get a lot less of like the elitist douchebags who will pop on to be like, this isn't really relevant. I don't know why Avatar Last Under- Airbender Fire Nation has such a long page. Let's no. trim this down a good deal. <laughs> Whereas on like the wiki, it's just like, yeah, fucking put everything on there. Who cares? Like I'll go to. Like if I want like a uh, Game of Thrones stuff, I'll go to the Game of Thrones wiki. And yeah, I I, the, the Wikipedia. I've been but... there. I, I, I remember yeah. when like that Time article came out that was like Person of the Year you, and it was like each part of the internet got like kind of like a mention. Like, they could interview people from it. Like here's some dude who uploads like six videos on YouTube it's such a day. Or whatever. A fuck you nomination. I hate it that shit. it does make sense, but it was the douchey way of putting it. It's it's you as opposed to just saying the internet, but. The dude they had for Wikipedia it felt so sad. It was some dude that was like, yeah, he edits like 1,200 articles a day. And it's like, so why are you doing it? He's like, I don't really know. What, do you see yourself doing it? God, I hope not. <laughs> it was like him even in the article being like, I really hope I'm not doing this in the future. But yeah, robots are fine on Wikipedia. I, don't, I look at mostly tell. history stuff. Do you think I'm okay on Wikipedia for that? Uh I mean, I always... Are there really like shitheads out there trying to like <laughs> well it... ruin Winston Churchill's good name on Wikipedia? <laughs> I think it's more so the fact that there's no uh accountability for anything beyond another person just saying that it's wrong. So anything I try to... If, if I find out something from Wikipedia, I usually try to at least cross-source it or like cross-check it somewhere else. Because even if it's not like a flagrant lie, did, it could just like- be... Username and it's clearly like some computer generated number letter affiliation like TTR7379. <laughs> Look, brother. All I could say is at one point in time I had a Wikipedia page. So clearly that's just to show that's you true. that the extent of these things go. He took it off or it was voted out. Uh I think it was eventually voted out. I, I don't know if I had my own page. I just had, I just, did. I had a section. Of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did. Then yeah, it was eventually voted out, I'm sure. But yeah, so. Alright, back anyways, yeah, <laughs> anyway yeah, Anyways, yeah, we're doing the Oscars. Da, na, na, na and the challenge was to essentially pick who we thought would be the winners of best picture, best lead actor and best lead actress by seeing movies on the list and then hopefully those would be the ones that win. Now as we're recording this, we haven't the Oscars haven't actually occurred yet. They're going to be occurring later tonight, which I found out doesn't start even till like 8:30. Yeah. I'm like, "Wait, the Oscars start later than the Super Bowl?" It is. Like, God damn you Hollywood. It's tailored around West Coast time, yeah. It sucks. So, on the East Coast, yeah, so there was actually a pretty big um, you list. You gotta there. stay up till damn near 1 a.m. just to find out what got best picture, yeah, and best director, on which a are Sunday. Always, always the lights. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? The uh, nine movies nominated for best picture, and then I think if you include the movies that would get added essentially from mm, leading actor and all that, I think it was 14. And that's primarily because I think four movies in and of themselves are nominated exclusively just in the uh, leading actress yeah. category. Leading actress historically has been our weak part. Yeah. Well, we only did it once. Perhaps this year will be the change. Who knows? But I think the year before we just did it as like a casual kind of thing. Like when Whiplash and Birdman came out, like within a few months just we saw what, yeah, whatever well, dropped into Redbox. That also happened to be during that period in time where I was watching movies pretty frequently yeah. too. So like one a week anyway. So I think that one year that it was doing it specifically, I remember being angry because I couldn't find Nebraska anywhere, and I really wanted to see it. Oh yeah, it was good. Too. I still never got the chance to see it. I'll, I'll catch that it some. It's definitely good. But um, yeah, so this this year. I don't know why. It felt like it crept up on me a lot more. I know we've had, like, four podcasts since that, like, original one talking about, like, hey, yeah, things coming up. But it was still just, like, February is the longest month. It's never coming up on us. It's never showing up. Never. Wolverine fucking is Logan's never coming up for another, like, eight months. They're like, no, it's next week. (gasps) Doesn't it go up to, like, February, like, 52? Yeah, like, all the months are 30 or 31, except for February, which is 178 as per you know the poem we all learned in grade school stupid but we're just going to short cheat the black on. yeah black we think history month? black history month's going to be the shortest month of the year no that would be insanely insensitive right in winter when they can't even have a parade like chris rock said and uh i don't think you could call it oscar so white anymore considering at least 3 of the movies no. on the list are very predominantly about like uh african american characters i said that about a week ago before i saw and then I was like, wow, this does seem like a lot of white people. But that's just because La La Land in Manchester by the Sea has been getting so much exposure. Yeah, I think if you were to go off of that, you, you wouldn't think so. But there's there's the three other big movies. And La La, La Land that. as well, the, the Golden Globes, which I say, but that's bullshit because Golden Globes has a whole different section for musical slash comedy. The Spirit Awards, or not the Spirit Awards, or yeah, the Spirit Awards, like last night, and Moonlight won most of it. Really, from my understanding. It won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, and Best Ensemble, I think. And I think if you go into Ensemble, apparently it like removes your people from Best Leading or Supporting categories. Oh, yeah. Which
1: uh... Empire definitely. Cottonmouth is it. all I
0: can say in that. Cottonmouth supposedly is the le- what I've heard is the leader for Best Supporting Actor. Oh God, isn't the last name Ali, but the first name? Yeah, is like, it's Marshall, like Marshall, Marshall, Marshall Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm gonna call him Cottonmouth. It's what I know him from at this point. But yeah, I don't, I don't know which one to go with in terms of what's the more accurate predictor. I've heard things. I was gonna go what you assume will win, and then what you want to win. Okay. Um, We can do this in any order. You want to start with best actress? Just say what you've seen. I mean, good lord, this is. (laughs) (laughs) Is Sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You you go first. (laughs) Oh man, I hope to God. You're just like, well, I saw all five. Pretty brutal. No, wait, I thought we were doing 2016. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I was just catching up to make sure I saw the uh, last Meryl show. I had movie. like a 40-minute chunk on Brooklyn. If you think <laughs> we're skipping it, you, you were sadly what? mistaken, we did you did a 40 40 minute... anti-Irish pile of shit. <laughs> we did a 40-minute chunk on Brooklyn last year. You, <laughs> you laced... saw the same movies last year that you did again? You lace curtain Irish fuck. <laughs> now, uh, Isabel Hupper. I'm just reading off the nominees, Isabelle Upperts for L. I did not see Ruth Nega for loving. I did not see. I, is that how it's pronounced, Nega? Sure. I wonder how many times she was gonna, talked to. Like, I'm gonna let you have that because if I have not seen that movie, she looks like a I don't know twenty something black lady. She looks. I thought maybe thirty something. It looked like the chick who played Raina from. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I was like, that can't possibly be true. She's no. nominated for Best Actress after being, like, a porcupine woman on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. two years before? But her it last hurt. name spelled N-E-G-G-A. Yeah, how, I mean, Niga. how many times did people try and talk to her? Like, why don't you... It could also be, like, Nija or something like that. It might soft, be. Soft I, anyway, I didn't see. Uh, Natalie Portman Jackie, I did see. Emma Stone La La Land, uh, sadly, I did see. Meryl Streep Florence Foster Jenkins, sadly, I did see that as well. Okay. So who do you want to win? Who do you think will win? Um, I think both of them would be Natalie Portman. I, the Emma Stone La La Land, that movie is just bullshit from top to bottom. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that later. Performance-wise, it was nothing to talk about. Um, Natalie Portman it was, you know, we'll get to that more about the movie, but it, it was a great performance. That movie is almost entirely Natalie Portman talking or reacting to different people. Mm-hmm. A cast of, like, eight others. So I think it's, it's her strongest performance. I saw Black Swan. I thought it was okay. This I think's better. You know, I'm a big history nerd, so it probably strikes some chords with me there, but I, I, I hope and think she'll win. Uh, I'll talk about this now because it's not going to come up again. Meryl Streep in Florence Foster Jenkins was a, uh, it's a movie set in the forties during World War II. She is like a former singer in whatever vaudeville, like stage performance in New York city yeah, uh, has been retired. She's like 70 at this point. And, but her father was wealthy and left her a lot of money. So she's far more well known for donating money to plays and symphonies. And she's actually like a very respected woman in this kind of artsy circle. Anyway, she decides she's going to come back and do one more performance for like a, a group of friends. And they, this is Meryl Streep. Uh, she's, they show her during a rehearsal and she's clearly like finished completely, like comically. So she's so bad. She's pitchy. Yeah. She never hits the right notes. I think I have heard about this. Yeah. And uh Hugh Grant's her husband slash manager says like, we can't let this, we're just going invite- to Oh, is this? Yeah. I did hear about this. So it's like an entire like auditorium filled with people. No. First, it's just a small group filled with, like her obsessed fans, like the fans okay, that yeah. still like defend Mariah Carey after like the New Year's Eve show where they're like, you don't understand her. So genius. me, basically. She's yeah. amazing, Mikey. <laughs> Have you ever heard someone hit fucking notes like her? Not since Whitney Houston, you dumb shit. She's astounding, beautiful. She makes singing effortless. You listen to Ariana Grande try to hit a high note. She's struggling all the way through. But Mariah Carey, it's as natural to breathing. You are definitely in the front row. The <laughs> yeah, I'm up at the show like, you do it, MC! <laughs> Don't anyone tell you no! But these are just are all diehard fans. They ban, um, he invites press members that are friendly, uh, strongly implied bribes ones that are kind of on the fence. And then the one holdout is the New York Post, which is like, we're not selling our dignity for nothing. If she sucks, I'm telling the world. He's banned from it. Performs it. They all think she's amazing. Uh, well, they all say she's amazing. She yeah, actually is not good, right? No, yeah, they're yeah. just that diehard fans. Are. So she, her husband goes off on like vacation to go golfing. She decides, um, that she's going to record it all and send it to, uh, well wishers and like basically the people that were there. She does this, uh, sends it, somehow it ends up in like an army barrack. And they call into a oh, radio yeah, show. This is all coming together. I know I heard this story on like a podcast. She's listening to the radio and it's playing her song. And at the end, they're taking calls, which seems weird. Like they were doing that in the forties, but, um, it's like, Hey, I'm from, you know, I'm stationed in army barrack somewhere and I had like half my face blown off with a grenade, but this song still makes me laugh. <laughs> it still makes you smile. Oh yeah. It still makes me smile. And she's like, Oh, they all think it's amazing. And she's like, you know what? I'm renting out Carnegie Hall. And I'm um, giving out half the tickets for free to soldiers. And it just ends up being a bunch of, like, drunk, like, crazy, rambunctious people. Uh, Hugh Grant, who is her husband, has been trying to stop this the entire time from, like, happening. But finally it's happening. Uh, she sings. This one's, like, all the press can go. There's no, like, Hugh Grant hasn't been able to stop anyone. The New York Post is there. They make a note of him walking in with, like, sinister music. And... She does it. It's just as pitchy. Everyone starts laughing their dicks off. And then, like, a couple of her fans are like, hey, how dare you stand up? How dare you? This woman's singing her heart out for the troops. Give her a round. You know, shut up and listen to her. And everyone stops. And then she does the rest of the performance. And there's still some snickering, but, you know, it's it's subdued. Finishes her performance. Everybody just goes nuts. Just standing ovation all around. She's pleased as hell. Um She reads... The next day, she reads pretty much... All the, uh, the critiques of her, and they're all glowing. Except the one for the New York Post, which Hugh Grant has, like, bought in all the copies in town and, like, thrown them out. So it's, like, it's like, uh, like the old fucking, like, 80s, like, sitcom. But like, thrown- I have to destroy all these papers so you don't know. But thrown them out, five feet away from the newsstand, which was right across the place that she has breakfast every single day. Oh, that's just a poor move on your part, Hugh Grant. So she catches, like, Hugh Grant, like, physically threatening, like, another customer to, for his New York Post. <laughs> Gives him a $50 bill for it it's in more. 1940 like- for a newspaper that cost a nickel back then. Um, she goes out because she's suspicious, Meryl Streep's character finds the trash can because it's right fucking there. <laughs> Wasn't hard to find. So yes. First she asked the newsstand, he's like, yeah, some guy gave me like a hundred bucks for all my copies. They're over there in that garbage can <laughs> right there. He was a British guy and they're in New York City. So she yeah, knew immediately getting, who did it. I was going to say, that newspaper guy really just threw some shade on him because it was definitely like, You saw me give you a hundred dollars and throw all the papers away. They show clearly I'm trying to hide. They show the scene. Yeah, Hugh Grant could be like, brah, but (laughs) he's like, well, you didn't say anything about making it discreet. You just threw me a ton of money. But like, you saw me go five feet away and dump all the papers in a trash can. You had to put that like some sexual fetish I'm into. (laughs) Anyway, but she finally, you know, after all these glowing reviews, everyone telling her how amazing it was, and the only time she's ever played Carnegie Hall as well, so a big moment for her. Uh, she still, she goes to the trash can, finds this bad review from the New York Post, and uh, has a heart attack, falls over, and dies. <laughs> it's such a weird story. There's and, a death scene at the end where, you know, I don't want to get too much into the character, but she got, like, syphilis from her first husband. So the marriage, she's always been ready to die, is her thing. Like, mm. she, you know, for my whole life I've been knowing I could die, you know, very quickly. So she's a, it's not like the death is like that traumatic to where She was always kind of waiting for it. And she's 70, but it's such a stupid fucking movie. Like it's such a weird, I guess they would call it a dramedy. I don't know. It, it, there's some heavy issues, but it's Wait, so goofy for yeah, so long. Say, can't, it can't help. Like it's such a like concept of absurdity wherein mm-hmm. it's like somebody who's like, I think I'm still amazing. Like no, you're actually terrible. Yeah for his new clothes, yeah, kind of thing. And it's like, but well, my husband's gonna go through all these efforts to hide like the truth from me to keep me happy, essentially, like give me that that chance to at least, I guess, like you know, in my old age, feel like I got one more left in me yeah. and succeed. And then, like, I find out, no, actually, apparently, even in the moment where she it got a stand ovation in the theater with a bunch of soldiers who all just thought she was a joke, yeah, and got almost unanimously glowing reviews afterwards. Finds one paper that's like, "What a bitch!" And she's just like, <laughs> My yeah. Like into the street, literally. Yeah, into the street, <laughs> like right into a car with all the dogs. Like, oh. No, I thought it looked like that was going to happen too for a second. I was like, "Oh, this movie instantly goes up to at least two stars if she gets hit by a bus at the <laughs> no, end." Oh, that bus. would be pretty good. <laughs> no, I uh, I know I had heard some podcast talk tell that story, and it sounded just as goofy when they explained it. Where it's like, "Yeah, you know, she." read the papers on that hard attack. like what the fuck it's so it just sounds so silly like it's it is it's a very silly it's that truth is stranger than fiction sort of thing where like it feels like a story someone wrote but it's like i guess it's true because it's so fucking stupid and they don't do it until the very end because i actually didn't know much about this movie at all and didn't know her story it doesn't tell you until the end like this was a real person based on blah 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 and whatever you know uh records were still, like, one of the highest-selling records for, <laughs> for several months. I like, and you may remember this uh, this singer's name. Her name? Amy Winehouse. I'm I like, like... Hold on. <laughs> true events. Hold on. True Inspired by true events. You may liberally use the word inspired, inspired by Inspired <laughs> in quotation marks. The is- <laughs> I was like, if reading a bad review is supposed to be symbolic of a drug overdose, then perhaps... What does, like, the Motion Picture Association do if you're not stopping this? Yeah, don't you have some, like, level to be like, I don't know if you could say inspired by at this point. But you could tell me I can't see tits in a movie? Yeah. <laughs> that saying the word fuck as though I'm going to have, I'm going to fuck you is like, you know, let's bump that up to an NC-17. I'm a, I'm not a diehard Meryl Streep fan, but I am a pretty huge fan of Meryl Streep. Even, and it, she's great in the movie, but the movie itself, I, I cannot recommend, so. It was, uh, I don't, I feel like I I wanted to bring it up the last time we talked about her for that whole uh, speech at the, uh, well, whatever, uh, it was the Golden Globes or Yeah. That. Uh Her Lifetime I've, Achievement Award. Yeah, but I didn't bring it up then. I realize in retrospect, I've never seen a Meryl Streep movie. Oh, really? And I've you never seen, seen a, the you only, haven't seen Doubt? No. The only thing I've ever seen that she's in was when she played Reverend Lovejoy's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's entirely it. That's the only thing I have actually seen that she's in. I've never seen an actual Meryl Streep movie. I doubt she was in a movie about Margaret Thatcher. That was awesome. Um, I still haven't seen Julia and Julia, the cooking one. I mean, these all just sound like such awful movies. Yeah, but they're all, like, dramatic I know. history I'm representations, like, which I love. Like, Oh, God, these all just sound so awful. Maybe the Julia Child lines, just because I love that voice. Once again, I promise you'll enjoy all of them more than long enough. So, uh, based off this, uh, I... I'm uh, kind of put into a scenario where I, uh, you I, have think I, I have to pick Emma Stone. I have to pick Emma Stone because Lala Land's the only one of those five I saw. <laughs> Alright, so good luck right, Emma so, I'm literally fucked out of that category to begin with since you saw more movies than I did and you saw La, La, but La Land. it doesn't matter how many movies I saw if Emma Stone wins. But that's, that's still thing. a point for both of us. I thought the thing was... Okay, yeah. If it's a tie, it comes down to how many movies we've seen. Okay. So, yeah. Emma but though, it's still... Lala if, Land. And, Come on, Lala if Manchester Land. by the Sea and La La Land sweeps this, I assume we both won. <laughs> I assume you saw at least those two. Ooh, Manchester that's right. by the what? Man- Hester by the Sea? All right, you want to read off these So, movies? yeah, that's the actor, best leading actor was uh, Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield in Hackshaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling in La La Land, Viggo Mortensen in Captain Fantastic and Denzel Washington in Fences. Okay i you say uh, I saw two from this list. I and see. you can assume pretty quickly I think which two I saw from this list. Well, and, and <laughs> Manchester by Manchester. the Sea. All right, I saw all of these movies. <laughs> okay. Uh I would say of these ones That's I awesome. you may be hope lost. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope I I generally of the ones I saw from the performances across all the movies I saw. I think Casey Affleck should win for Manchester by the Sea. If only because that is just such a draining role, I think, to have to play. Over fences? I mean, fences is like, from what I've seen of it, from all the trailers and the people talking oh, about it. I've seen Fence, Yeah, so. well, I've, I've heard it's a very, like, oh, like a very, um, dra- uh, not dramatized. It's very, um, I'm trying to think of the word for it. Very, not over the top, but very big. And all of it. it's like, every scene has to yeah. be just full of emotion. It's, like, uh, is that up for best picture too, fences? Think so. I feel like I always forget it because it's like one of the one people where well, like, I'll right, save like, like big fencing top fences top for the best picture. But one. I would say Casey Affleck. I thought he was amazing in uh, Manchester by the Sea. I always I'm surprised he always seems to kind of get shit. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing him in Out of the Furnace a couple years back, which is that movie to Christian Bale. Yeah, um where like their brothers and Casey Affleck spoilers gets killed pretty early in the movie, and it's all about Ben Aff or. Um, Okay, Christian Bale basically like trying to chase down Woody Harrelson, I think. I forget who the plays is. a very dry, unlikable character in, uh, the Jesse James shot by the coward mm-hmm. Robert Ford or whatever. Yeah. Like that long one. Very unlikable character. There's really nothing, but it, I mean, he still does a good performance, but it, this one, it, I'm going to go Denzel Washington fences, I think should win. Um, it might be Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck, Did a great job that guy, that character doesn't really show much emotion. But I think that's what's so good about it is it's such a hard role I feel like to play all the way. Even and in it, his violence, it's, you know, it's still it's, not that it's, crazy. For a moment, you're like, oh, this is, like, the like a more dramatic version of Jip Rossetti Where, like, he doesn't get innuendo. He st- he's, like, that so suck- easy to provoke him. That sucker punch he throws at the guy passing him in the bar. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's great. Like, that's boom. Safe. No, it's off my poosh. <laughs> like, the other guy says, excuse me. And he just, <laughs> just clobbers him right across the face. It's, um, I don't Denzel's performance in in Fences it's yeah, it is very big it's a uh, uh, big yeah I guess you can tell I didn't know beforehand but you can tell instantly that it's based on a play because it's all kind of in their backyard like forties Pittsburgh but um you know yeah he does play it's all oh, the movie if it's got two hundred pages of script one hundred ninety of them are Denzel Washington talking and just other people reacting to him it's rife with monologues um I think I'm a huge Denzel Washington fan. It's more Denzel Washington than you could ever want. It's a great performance. I think it's just got more into it to chew on, to, to really kind of get into than Casey Affleck. It's not a fair contest because if once again, if you're going script pages, I bet Casey Affleck's got like 40 script pages in that movie. It's a character of few words a lot of times. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I think we, He's a strong silent type. I think we talk about it more and we're actually talking about Manchester by the sea. It's like a total. Picture, I think you know, not that Denzel needs an Oscar by any. Means, no, I was gonna say, wouldn't this be like his fourth or something? Maybe third, I don't know. But um, it's an amazing performance, and it's just great to see him. And he directed it too, so there's no reining him in. It's exactly what he wanted to do. Uh, Ryan Gosling, once again, for La, La Land. Oh, it's that. A performance I don't even think is worth talking yeah, uh, about. We're, we're, uh, I'm gonna have a whole lot to say about La, La Land <laughs> in a little bit, but I will just say Ryan Gosling and La, La Land. It's like, I don't get this at all. Why the... he's even nominated yeah. is like strange to me. And for leading actor too. Like, why isn't he supporting actor? Yeah, there's big chunks of that movie I'm like, he's La not the lead character. I mean, I guess you're like, it's a dual lead, but I'm like, yeah, the movie starts with fucking Emin <laughs> Stone's character though. Like, it starts folk following her shit. Let's not get into that. Yeah. All <laughs> we, right? we got plenty of it. Bigo Mortison in Captain Fantastic. So I'm pretty sure that's not nominated for Best Picture. No. Um, That's a a very interesting story about like he's a guy that just raises like his six kids in the woods. They have a like a compound, but they literally they don't eat anything. They don't kill or grow themselves. their kids are all very well-read. They all speak multiple languages. He teaches all their classes themselves. He teaches survival skills and meditation. He's a huge lefty, like a big communist. Mm-hmm. Um, The movie starts with his... Wa- Obviously, these are all spoilers, if you're planning on watching any of these Yeah, movies. well, I, I assume if you're listening into our Oscar picks, you're probably going into this with some awareness that you're going to be spoiled, possibly wife Wife's dead in the first 10 minutes. He has to take the family, like, kind of on a road trip to go to her funeral to confront her father who hates his guts and she's a Buddhist and blah, 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 blah. a bunch of nonsense. It's just kind of a, a cool movie. And it, it's a great performance from him as just playing this guy that's like so determined in what he believes and, you know, it's, and his whole life is about improving these kids and making them more well-rounded, and, you know, and they all seem to love him And it, there's definitely some douchey moments to them. Like all the kids have like random names they're like yeah, our name shouldn't match anybody else on the planet. So it's like it's Hello, like my bear, name, bear love dove or something. My name's Vespra. Oh, my it's name's just Kungra. It's yeah. just like consonants, essentially. Yeah. Cool. It's all so there's a lot of stuff like that. Like oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but Viggo um, Mortensen's amazing in it. It's once again that's a, it's a very another subdued performance. So I don't think it's got much of a chance of shooting in there. And I don't think the movie was. The so who, who are you picking for best actor then? you think it's gonna be Denzel? I think so, but I don't lose points if it's Casey, right? Uh, you keep changing the way that I, I went under this under the assumption that if you saw the movie, that was your way of like kind of putting a vote in there. Yeah. But then you mentioned like, no, you got to pick somebody. So even, cause that's why I was saying if Emma Stone wins La La Land you know, for best leading actor. That was when I still thought it was kind of be uh, a drinking thing. Okay. So excuses for us do shots. It's not going to be that now. So we can skip that part. Okay. So yeah, uh, now it's just the, Thorough boot camp whumping you're gonna take from Tommy, oh, almost certainly. Are we gonna videotape <laughs> it? I don't know. Maybe when you fucking get your ass over to Hot Yoga, we can start taping that too.
1: And you that song, schedule. and I'll,
0: that song, the Hedgehog Pizza. I, I'll, I'll get it show. done in the next month. The Hot Yoga thing. Okay, I was like, that pizza better here quicker than that. <laughs> okay. uh, I can't make promises. So then, nine nominees then for Best Picture. Arrival, Fences, Hackshaw Ridge, Heller High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. I guess they are in Alphabetic Order, huh? It's weird that Alphabetic Order ends at M. Alright, so that's nine. How many did you see? Uh, I saw four. I saw seven. Okay, so yeah. I'm going <laughs> to be doing the boot camp with Tommy. As All I said, videotape it is the more <laughs> important thing. Uh, who knows? All right? You know, there's no reason. I say at least videotape it. And then if you, even if you- Well, I'm just it, saying, maybe, maybe audio recordings of it. I don't know. I mean, it's a video, it's an audio visual. I, I mean, could just go you know, right around you and ask Tommy. I mean, yeah, that, that seems rude. You uh, fight Tommy while, yeah, <laughs> while he's trying punching to punch you. <laughs> stop him from videotaping your pushups? Well, I guess here's the only question. Did you see Moonlight? Yes. Okay, then yeah, I'm fucked. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be that was my one, and was like, maybe you didn't see Moonlight. I saw Moonlight last night, actually. I watched it, yeah, last night. We could have seen it together. Oh, cause, like because I, I thought I heard you like go in the bathroom. I was like, I wonder if you can tell when this super queer like dance or song at the end that the guy puts on at the jukebox. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hello, Stranger. or yeah. Stranger, I think it was. Um, so, I don't know. Which one do you want to hit on first? Let's just start Moonlight, since it's both a recent one for us. Okay. Uh, so, Moonlight, I think, as I said, won most stuff last night at the Spirit Awards. And it sounds like, it, it definitely feels like it can very easily be like the surprise winner for Best Picture. I've heard a lot of people be like, oh, maybe it's it's probably gonna be La La Land, or you know, uh, Manchester by a Sea. But I feel like Moonlight has a really good shot of it, since mm-hmm. it has a lot of what Hollywood kind of wants to show off. because the story about a, you know, a gay black kid growing up with a lot of struggle. What was, because I uh, was like, I had something in the oven, I ran out. What happened in the gym in the first act? In the Jim, refresh my memory. It's, uh, what, like, little, or Sharon, the main character. Yeah, Sharon, little. Shows up to the gym and Kevin lets him in. It's a bunch of boys in there. It sounded like, like, I don't, I came back, I didn't see anything, but it sounded like maybe they were taking their dicks out and showing everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's- Was that a scene? I'm vaguely recalling it. I think that was something where, like, I had turned my attention away for a moment and picked up just enough context clues afterwards, but I mean, I- we couldn't have picked the second gay. We couldn't have missed the second gayest scene in the movie together. I mean, it, although I might argue the entire third act's the gayest scene in the movie. I mean, yeah, that third act is pretty gay. <laughs> I don't know if that is or not. It's because I feel like it's more of a surprise when fucking uh, uh, what's his name? It's uh, the next the, scene. The though. Cuban friend. Juan. Juan. No, not Juan. Juan. Kevin. That's his name. Oh, his friend. Yeah, his yeah. friend. I thought it was more of a shock when Kevin just starts giving him a hand job at, like out on the beach. Now the wrestling scene kind of weird, just because like afterwards they like just collide well, the, there, like they just that's like, on the feel. ecstasy. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like you're reading into that. I mean, that's my interpretation. I feel like you're reading, but I mean, I was one hundred percent right as it turned out. Well, yeah, but that I don't think that scene was supposed to indicate that they're both gay. Uh, that's what I kind of that probably the seed that it was like I don't know. It just seemed a little bit more romantic than I just thought they were both really shitty wrestlers. Like, they both just sucked so much, like, they could... No, it felt like they just, like, feeling each other's bodies, maybe? I don't know. Uh, I mean, they were, like... Well, I do know. They were, like, seven <laughs> at the time. It feels like that'd be a weird time to have that kind of... I, I guess it does exist, so... Kevin Possibly. seems like he's a pretty sexually aggressive guy. Uh Yeah, almost certainly. But he's like, hey, man, I'm going to detention because I was just plowing this chick in the stairwell yeah. from behind. I was like, what the... But then he gives what? them that way, like, I know you can keep a secret. Yeah, like, was, what, <laughs> did we blow each other from? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was worried about. Um, this but then uh, you find out a, a not-so-subtle handjob scene at the beach between oh, those two characters later on. You couldn't even put the word subtle in there. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned before, this is the one that Belt's being nominated for and seems to be a favorite for being the best-supporting best actor. Supporting. And I'm not taking anything away from I'm just shocked how like he's best-supporting leading in that for a movie. He's not in that he's much. He's barely in. It's only the in the movie, first 30 minutes. The movies, yeah, the movies divided into thirds. And he's only in the first third. Because he's... Spoiler again, but dead from then forward. He's a great character, but yeah, he there's is. not a lot of him in it. And he's, I think he is great in there. It's an interesting. It's, I, I, I liked Moonlight a lot. I thought it was actually a really interesting kind of story with a lot of unique dynamics to it. Particularly, I thought early on had these great parts because this kid in a shitty life. You know, he's single mom, crack addict. She's, you know, constantly not paying attention to him. Yeah. He's a little bit of a weird kid. I guess he must have doesn't talk a lot, so kids kind of bully him. But I guess they also call him. He's somebody, not good at talking either. He's a guy that has to really, really think and choose his words, and he still doesn't really doesn't do so yeah. well at that. So it's a kid who has no advantage in life, and this drug dealer who's kind of like um, like a community guy at the same time, like sees his kid and is like, "Look, I'm not going to leave him out here. I'm going to help. You. you know, I'm going to take him in. My girlfriend will like him. Like they essentially start giving him a little bit of some hospitality in a home. Yeah, well, some, you don't like, know the community nurtured at all. Well, you, you I think he sees it basically, his only mission at first is to get the kid home, and the kid just won't tell him where he lives or what his name is, so he takes him home and then I think kind of realizes how bad this kid's individual life is and I, yeah I, I i I shouldn't say maybe community, but i I guess there's
1: there's definitely a huge drug
0: dealer or something yeah, there's definitely a human side to him because he also tells it's where the story the name moonlight comes from is a story he tells about like a, I guess a, you could argue his shadow looms big because in the third act the main character essentially becomes at least him. his version yeah. of Juan. And that's like, it's the thing of this kid finally finding someone to guide him. And then it just, you know, the whole duality ties in. It's yeah. also the guy who's essentially enabling this situation to happen because yeah. he keeps selling drugs to his mom. And, and the second the act you just out. found out and he dies, but you don't get any elaboration. You yeah. assume it was probably drug related. It was weird though the way it like kinda ha like it's just abruptly because the first part ends too, where they're not friends. Like Mentioned only bull. by a tertiary character in it, the bu- yeah. the main bully. Yeah. And the one chick uh doesn't like refer like No, the, not in that entire scene. She doesn't even mention him. Except it, that he you two were thick as thieves. Yeah. But like she like the the first part but essentially, she it is thick as thieves, I feel like. Yeah, and the first part has a big blow up between them, cause that's like, he confronts him yeah. at the end about like, yo, you're the one saw my mom these drugs or whatever. Yeah. So you'd think they wouldn't still be friends after, like, he wouldn't still be hanging out at the place, even if he still like the, the I'm girlfriend. sure eventually he figured out, like, look kid, I'm not shoving these drugs down your mom's throat, she's <laughs> begging for it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty deliberately. Um, um, and what's her name? The one that plays Juan's girlfriend? Uh, she's the singer, right? Janelle? Janelle? Oh, uh, janelle monet or something like that that. janelle monet looked really hot (laughs) in this movie like to finally like see that chick not dressed like a 15 year old boy going to the oscars (laughs) yeah she's pretty good uh the second part is i think it's probably pretty good too the third part it's a lot of like a very subtle slow kind of like development of this guy exploring his like gay his repressed like homosexual feelings are we still talk to... about the second act you're doing no I'm, well i mention the third act just in that but the second act is still pretty good but it's worth it just for the very last scene of it where he just walks into class and just straight oh. up grabs a chair and just nails his dude over I've the back with it what seven out of nine of these best picture nominations that scene is by far my favorite scene <laughs> of so any of these movies he just walks straight into the room like, a stone-cold killer just picks up this shit. Oh, chair. this dramatic the, music. The teacher's just like, hey, what are you doing? And by the time that's already done, he's just... It looks like he kills him. Like, this, the dude just hits the ground like a fucking sack he does not uh, move. Him. I am very upset that guy didn't come up in the third act, like, at least what happened to him. Because <laughs> you do see him move, so he's not dead, but... It's it it starts with this very traumatic music as he's going into class. You're like, oh, this is gonna be a school shooter thing. Yeah, like yeah, I thought it was like, he's black, you know? Yeah, that doesn't work. But he does the cool, much cooler black thing and just takes it out on that one asshole and just smashes his chair. Well, it's great because he he clearly comes in. Yeah, comes into class and nobody stops immediately. So he's like, I'm gonna take a couple more shots. Like class is clearly already going on when he comes in, and it's like nobody really addressing it. He gets all the way to his chair again. Nobody's like really. He's only five minutes late. Still on time. Yeah, picks up a chair. Still nobody's like. And when I say picks up, I mean like literally has lifted it up into the air. Still no one's really saying anything. Starts walking with it, and still nobody seems to. It's like they think he's such a bitch. The the teacher at this point is just like, "Hey, (laughs) a little." It's like, "Wait, you're also calling my daughter?" (laughs) You know he hates it. And then by the time anyone's actually responded, it's already like chair to the back of the head, (laughs) and the dude just fucking flaps to the. ground. It's so great. It's, once again, by far the best scene I it's saw this tough. year. Ugh. Just like a sack of shit. It's so satisfying. Oh, it's great. Uh Yeah, that's by far the best scene. And then, you know, the third act, you get, I like the start of it, you get this kind of cool hint. I mean, it's not even a hint. He's clearly become, he and, like, the drug dealer, like, role model he had at the beginning. He's got the crown in his car, he wears the, uh, the do-rag around his head. Fake gold teeth. Yeah. Like he's absolutely embraced that character and you see him in kind of a weird drug deal scenario where he sort of intimidates this guy by pretending he got the money count off wrong. But I don't know if it was also kind of flirty too. It uh, seems like he was kind of was, feeling him out when he picked him out to see if he was gay. Like, yeah, where, well, you know, the girls hang out. It very, It's very possible too. And it is sort of it a weird so scene <laughs> because it's also the only time in the movie you ever see him very personable. Yeah. Cause every, and I guess it's because he's, you know, this is what I think, what, probably 10 years after the second part. Yeah. It's probably like in his late twenties. So he's no longer surrounded by any of those people. He lives in Atlanta now. Yeah. None of those people that's are where around. He went him. to jail. His mom moved up there. His old life is essentially gone. So that's the logic you go with that maybe he's now found himself there. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of it is him dealing with uh, Kevin. And he goes right back to being kind of that very quiet, soft-spoken yeah. person. So it's the only time in the movie you see him like laughing and joking around. Exactly. So that's why I'm like, I don't bonus skin. I don't know where I, to put my thumb on his intentions in that scene. If it was him being flirtatious, or if that's just kind of the personality he has now, which is more like Juan had in the movie yeah. at the start, whereas a guy who would make jokes and things like that to kind of you know mm. alleviate tension. Yeah, and I kind I I agree that the those scenes did help. Kind of flush out that character at least a little bit. I think there should have been way more of that in the third act, but the third act has about five minutes of that. A pretty good scene with his mom where she's been sober for a while. Um, but it's interesting cause he's not say, she's not saved his mom in his phone. She's Paula. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't call her mom. He I gives just, her a little bit. Let's, I mean, I almost put yeah. our mom in my phone as kid. <laughs> <So. laughs> <laughs> my mom wasn't the whore the whole time. And she's nothing. <laughs> I mean, she got me to 18 pretty solidly. So. Um, but, uh, it okay scene with his mom and then the next, the last 25 minutes of that movie are this just really weird, almost like date scene with him and cause Kevin just calls him out of the blue. The guy that gave him a handjob on a beach on Monday and then beat him up at school on Tuesday <laughs> yeah. cause the main bully threatened him. So this is like the first time they talked, he's apologized. Like, Hey, if you're ever in Miami, I work at a kitchen or I work at a restaurant, come by and I'll feed you. And as far as you can tell, the next day he goes and does it. Yeah, well he he has a scene where he wakes up and had like a wet dream yeah. about him, and I guess that's where he's like, Alright, let's get this boner taken care of. And he mentions later, he's like, I've never had another person fight. Like me. you haven't come in like how long? Well, he says he's never let another person touch him. Maybe he has, but maybe he hasn't. Who knows? I, don't know, I mean yeah. that guy's so kind of like fucked up from the way things were when he was a kid. But I don't it's not that I dislike the latter like the last third. It's just that's a lot more you have to be paying 100% attention to the movie because it's a lot of, like, very subtle or slow-talking scenes. And you can't just pick in on certain parts and understand the whole context. I'm not big into, like, heterosexual romance scenes in movies, so, like, gay ones are even, like, lower. Well, I, only, I don't even see it and so Once much. again, it feels like it turns the... I'd say that movie's a gay romance movie at this point.
1: I mean, it, it is, but that it's,
0: do, That third act is so dominated by it. I don't know if I'd call it a gay romance movie, though, in... It's so much that it's it's more of a story of this one particular guy, and he he is gay, and that does play an aspect into it. But the, it's all it, you know, the whole story is about him through these three different points in his life, and that when is a find part out of about him though at the end. Like what is it? And there is no real conclusion to it in the sense of anything more satisfying than that. I guess you are under the impression he probably does. I'm have... so curious what kind of dude he's become in the last ten years because every chapter skips. I think it's probably like seven or eight years between the first and the second. And then the second and the third, it's gotta be 10 years. I yeah, mean, like maybe, a decade, I think around. Like that. Kevin definitely looks like he's 30 at that yeah. point. It's, it is a strange one. Cause there's more, I feel like to look at in that world. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's talked about at one point cause Kevin or, uh, uh, what's his name? Little's name. Sharon. Sharon. That's it. One of those weird, goofy names. Uh, well, I feel like he, he mentioned a bunch of different ways during the movie. It's like, is it Shyron? Shyron. Ch- uh, cause he mentions what he's doing now and Kevin's like, Trapping. yo, what are you fucking like? No, there's no reason for that. And you know, like that's something that isn't fully like explored or elaborate. Like his mom makes mention of it. And he's, you know, he's kind of just like, fuck you. Who are you to tell me what I should or shouldn't be doing? Yeah. And if you're Shyron, you think like, you know, if you've become like a harder guy just yeah. from being in prison and being a drug dealer, you'd be like, you gave me a hand job on Monday and then beat the shit out of me on a Tuesday, and then and twelve years later you gave me a phone call to tell me like, "Come on down for dinner, sweetie." Yeah, I, I I think it's good. I think there was a little bit more to explore, but I think ultimately of the movies I saw, it was probably the one I think I enjoyed the most. I I don't think any movie this year was like insanely like, "Woo, what a killer movie!" You only saw three, four, four, okay. Um, yeah, I, I did like Moonlight. I don't think I'd put it on my. It's probably like third or fourth for me. Like, yeah, like if I were to give it back, like I'd rather watch Dallas Buyers Club than mm-hmm. like that again. If only because I think there was a little bit more to enjoy in all that. As I said, there's no real conclusion to Moonlight. You just kind of no. And that and it does leave you wanting more of yeah. uh, more, more gay sex. <laughs> <laughs> You're like more more Kevin and little more than anything. Anything but this. Thirty-minute gay date that they've been on. We're like, and then you immediately see. Dates some... a strong word. It really. It it's just them talking at it's a diary. and it ends, I guess, with just a platonic hug. It kind of cuts off their Yeah, that's what I mean. When there's no conclusion, it's not like it doesn't say if they get into a relationship or anything like that. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, I can't. Let's... Yeah, it's, I can't put it in the top three. Uh, what are the ones you didn't see then? I didn't see Hidden Figures. And... Oh, I suppose. <laughs> you're like you, we both saw the same black movie so far. <laughs> uh Lion I even forgot was a thing. Oh, okay. So I didn't see that. And then I saw everything else. Okay. <laughs> this is when you're like, I saw Lion and Hidden Figures <laughs> yeah. That'd be boom, sweet boom, if it'd work out that way. I almost um, Lion was probably gonna be uh, next on my list to check out, but <laughs> um I heard Death Patel's really good in it. I don't even know what it's about uh i know i watched the honest trailers on it it seemed interesting off of that anyway if that wins it could. Be i just want to get this in and out of the way la la land was a <laughs> fucking turkey that movie needs to be studied by scientists for somebody to explain the temporal anomaly that must occur when you watch that movie that says it's only two hours but definitely feels like six and a half hours of nothing fucking happening the first ten minutes are just off the beginning of that and look, I've gotten into some musicals. I've seen both Picked Perfect. I'll I'll defend <laughs> those to a reasonable level. This movie blows, and the first song blows, and you're like, Holy shit. I mean, that's gonna be the far thing. and away the best song in the movie too. And that's only to say that the rest of the songs aren't really it's maybe good. just the least offensive. So like the so brr, 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 another, brr, 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 brr Like how many titles sunny. can you name from that? That one I think is brr called Another Sunny Day or something. Yeah, another sunny day or sunny day or something like that. Which, by the way, for some reason, they keep pointing out what season it is, which I can only feel is just to, like, rub it in the eye of everyone that doesn't have, like, great L.A. weather. It's Why do I need to know it's Christmas? A lot of people are going to, like, people have said, like, yeah, it's a movie that's really, like, sucking Hollywood's dick. And, like, I'd love to, like, come in and be like, well, if you watch the movie. No, it's it's 100% a movie that's very much in love with the idea of Hollywood itself. Yeah. Because it's a, a movie about the relationship between two people. A young actress who's working as a barista because she hasn't gotten her big break. And a frustrated musician who doesn't want to compromise his integrity for the love of his art form. And yeah. keeping it as pure as possible. It's a lot of ways to, like... It's ahead, not like. done... It gets modernized to the point where, like, you know... Like, cell phones. Yeah, there's cell phones. I mean, like, they're not talking... It's a, what, a callback or an homage to, like, classic kind of movies. Yeah, of there's, sort. For, like, some Winks to singing in the Rain in there. But... It's so played straight in everything it does that you're just like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, it's it's aware enough to poke some fun at itself. Like, there is a scene that actually did make me laugh. It's when Emma Stone's like, hey, can you grab my keys? Like, what are you driving? Like, Prius. And, like, he looks at, like, the wall, and it's all just Prius cars. I was like, okay, you're at least going to take some jab at yourself in Hollywood. But otherwise, it's a movie about such a stupid premise. Like, something that's so, like, um easy to work with as... Two artists who are struggling to maintain their, you know, passion for the art that encounters no real turmoil. No. That has no conclusion that would be anything different than exactly what the romanticized version would be. Yet still, for God's sakes, has to force me to endure and sit through a 30 minute alternate reality version where they do end up together. What I guess happens in some crazy song where their, their consciousness link up. And see what would happen had they did get together, which is weird because she already has a perfectly fine life. I don't know why she would even be in this and fantasy. He's apparently, not kept in touch with him at all. It's just, so Terry likes the ending. Oh my god! It's next time you run yeah, Why would you? This movie that goes on way too long to begin with, and then you give it this weird, like metaphysical reality ending where I'm, they don't end up. To what point did they break up? The okay, like to explain, if you haven't seen this movie, and I'll save you all the turmoil don't. I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> don't see it. So the whole thing is like they get into a romance and they have the obvious struggles that a like a couple would like he get, he starts getting busier so he can't be around as often. Her stuff's not working out. So she's getting very frustrated, things like that. They eventually get back together in an opportunity. He finds basically on her behalf that someone did want to see her. Or someone did see her one woman show yeah. wants to audition her. That bit basically gets her foot in the door and they were still broken up at that point, but they have enough of a connection to that maybe, like, maybe something happened, but clearly it doesn't keep going because she's moving to Paris to be in this movie. He's got his career. They go their separate ways. Flash forward, I guess it's probably like 10, 15 years into the future or whatever. You she see- She wanders in a jazz club she didn't even know he owned. Yeah, she clearly is a success. She's huge. Her face is literally on a billboard on the side of this dude's building. She has a husband who clearly seems to like her a lot. She has a kid who she gets to spend some time with, has enough money to afford a nanny. Yeah. Clearly everything's great for her. Nice new York apartment. He has gone on, I guess, has left that one band, but he now has enough money to open up this crazy jazz club he's always been talking about. So it's basically his ideal version. And then, yeah, she just happens to end up in his club when he plays a song. And, like, the saddest, gayest song, too, because mm-hmm. it's, like, the theme of the movie is, like, this fucking piano song he plays. Oh, yeah. And then through that, they both experience, I guess, what would have been had they stayed together. A mind meld. And you're like, it's not interesting because it's the exact same fucking life she's just lived just with Ryan Gosling in the face of the guy she is dating. Like, it's the only person I could see getting anything out of is Ryan Gosling. He's like, oh, what if I had remained together with her? But she's experiencing the same thing, too. You're like, what does it... You already <laughs> have a kid. You have a husband! You're still a huge success! You still have a house! What? Is- Why am I sitting 30 minutes of this nonsense? Oh, God, but I so do miss those condescending jazz monologues. <laughs> so... Oh, it's With, so by the way, douchey. The worst parts of Whiplash, and that's still a ten times better movie. I, there's times where, I, oh, man, bad song, bad song, awful exchange. This movie can't get any worse. Oh, he's gonna... Like condescendingly tell me how much better jazz is than everything else, and, and can we all just agree that the fucking like John uh, Legend like uh, fucking techno jazz music that they start playing is way better than yeah. most the other jazz stuff that they did play? But she hears him playing it, and she's like, oh, he's being raped. And like, no, everyone seems to really. He doesn't seem. He hates it when it's like too fucking formalized. Like he has to do like photo yeah. shoots. He's like, I don't want to feel like a fake by my life. I'm like, no fucking jerk off artist, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like it's like, oh, stop acting like I'm not following what you're like. You're not. It's like, I mean, he kind of like look. You do have to accept one point. Like jazz is not the yeah. fucking market it used to be. This guy's going on concert tours. How many jazz musicians sell out huge stadiums like none? This anymore? Never ever. Like ever, it's ever. not a thing. So it, it's just such an annoying movie in those points. So that one scene where he's like talking about the jazz club they're at. He's like. It's a, a chaotic thing. See, now the saxophone player is going off on his own rhythm. He's taking control yeah, of it. It's this it's ebb and flow and chaos. I'm like, this is nonsense. There's no way that these dudes are constantly, like, what's he doing? And eh, who cares? It's it's, it's just such a long movie with no surprise. The end is exactly what you'd think it'd be. Both of these artists stayed true to who they were and eventually accomplished their beautiful fucking dreams in the arts. Separately. It's, yeah. And it's, yeah, and the only thing is, like, what could have their romance have been? It's like, it's the same thing she has. It's not it's different just to give the uh because I guess there's a big part of mostly women, but I'm sure some guys that are like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are like the new Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Like. I mean, I'll give it this. If it weren't for Emma Stone, I would have hated this movie a thousand times more than I did because she does have a charisma to her that makes that character more bearable. Like she does have a very effortless way of feeling very relatable and making some of these scenes a lot less brutal than they probably could be. Cause I think in the hands of an actor who takes that shit a lot more seriously and doesn't have that ability to put like a natural smile on like yeah. she does, it would feel way too stuffy. Cause that's what Marion Gosling's character feels like at times, where it's just so focused on this fucking notion of what it is and just becomes so pretentious and douchey after a while. It's like, oh yeah, I didn't really see much in her performance either, honestly. I, it's not, I wouldn't give her best actress. I mean, I'm going to because I didn't see any one, but <laughs> the best scene in the movie is them when they're playing I Ran So Far Away, which seems like cheating in a musical, but <laughs> whatever, to play another, like, established song. <laughs> that's pretty good version. But, yeah, sure. but it is cool to hear it for a second. But the weird thing is, he, there's both of them struggling. I guess she's just a pretty girl that they pay to go to, like, Hollywood parties. It seems like she had her and her friends.
1: Yeah, I think like that's all they about. did,
0: yeah. They were just, like, pretty girls that you'd pay to go to parties so people could see them. And he was in the band, and mm-hmm. she goes up, she's like, I want to request the beginning of the movie is her just daydreaming her tits off in the car on the highway. What, like, slowing up traffic? What's his name? Honks at her. She doesn't react. He pulls up on the side and he's like, hey, what are you doing? Because, hey, you dumb bitch! <laughs> no. Get your vagina on the road! Boom, boom! Those coffee at her! Ah! That's her response to it, because she just flips him off and he <laughs> pulls away. So I guess her revenge is to make him, like at this party request that he plays rant so far away while she does this ridiculous dance. Well remember she also met him and the- As though she as though he was the unreasonable person in that exchange. She It's also- like that Virginia trip for the like day glow thing or the glow run. Yeah. Where like I cut that lady off across like three lanes of traffic and she stopped off and being like, Hey you're out of your mind And I'm like, fuck off bitch. <laughs> and that would be like me doing that to her at a party, forcing her to play it so like, Yeah, don't you feel crappy about the way you handled that lady well, I think it was a little bit... But clearly in the wrong. There's also that one scene where he's at like the diner supposed to be playing Christmas music and he decides to play his one original song yeah. and she tries to compliment him from that. I, I guess it's supposed to be that that's where she gets smitten with him. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if she ever recognizes him again as being the guy who flipped her off. I don't either. I don't know if it ever actually comes out. No, up. that doesn't. You know what? Uh On a, a 0 to 10 nose scale, this movie gets a one nose. Oh, man. I'll tell you. One that, out of ten. This movie sucks. Bet, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Best, best, the chair smashing scene though, equivalent in La La Land is the fantasy version they are in where in the hot moment that they're in that uh, restaurant again, it's J.K. Simmons who's like the douchey owner. It's like, first oh, yeah. standing up between them, like cross his arm and then like, get, like as fatally as possible, Just like, like plasters like, him in. But, like, out of the way. <laughs> like, to the future with you. It's like, okay. But it's like the elves and, uh, in the Lord of the Rings movie, like when they would leave, it would just be this like complete twirl. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It's like all right, that was worth it for that best supporting. The, the gift scene of the hell oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, La- everybody else. La, La Lamp. Sorry, Marshmallow wally. Absolutely brutal. But uh let's move on to something else. So yeah, the worst the, yeah, worse than joy. I would even say. Alright. Um, Let's get a couple that you haven't seen out of the way, so you get. Oh uh, yeah, topics. do uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Let's go through that, uh, kind of quick. Hacksaw Ridge. Um, you know what? I, it was real close to being this year's Bridge of Spies for me. This movie I was super pumped for, and was just okay. Um, the first half of it, it's very, you know, it's based on this true story, and uh, from what it sounds like, it's been authenticated. There's some interviews at the end with people that were featured in it, but um, it's very corny. Just this guy with the you know what? It's ten the, in the first ten minutes. He gets into like a fight with his younger brother in a flashback. Is like whatever seven or eight, and the no, it's his older brother. The older brother's winning, and he just goes and finds a brick and just crushes the guy's head. In. I heard it's a real violent movie. And Vigo Mortensen, or not Viggo Mortensen, uh, Agent Smith. What's his name? Oh, Hugo King Weaving King. is his like alcoholic World War One veteran father who lost every friend he had from his hometown. Mm-hmm. But then it goes you know into this like real classic it jumps forward to when he's an adult and goes in this real like kind of aw shucks love story with uh him falling in love with a nurse and like finding excuses to see her and hmm. it's all james garfield's performance it's really like andrew, a, andrew. andrew garfield it's really just a less retarded forrest gump kind of it's very like down country um you know he goes to boot camp and literally meets like every stereotype you've ever seen in a movie like Hey there, how's it going? I'm Dutchie from New York, kid. Uh, I'm the big guy who's pretty dumb, but I'm going to be there for you. <laughs> if you need a grenade jumped on, I'm there for you, boss. There's a cowboy that does rope tricks. There's Oh, please tell me it's like uh the new Magnificent Seven came out. That's like everybody has a gimmick to like, I'm the guy who throws knives. Like, well, I'm a card player, but I have bombs in my cards. There is for the one intro scene in the boot camp. But oh, that's great. Most of the other guys don't really get but um and the one guy that just this insanely ripped guy that for some reason likes working out naked. As yes, we do. And I don't know if it's just to pick up gay dudes to watch the movie or women, but there's a whole ten minute scene of him like working out like naked. You know, obviously you don't see his dick, but anyway, it very like stereotypes Vince Vaughn played what I thought was just kind of a, an okay boot camp instructor. I'd heard good things about him going into it, and I was kind of feel like, "This will change the way you see Vince Vaughn." It's like, you're definitely not going to hate him like you did after uh, True Detective Two. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely redeeming himself for that disappointment. Okay. Don't worry, Mikey. Your aspirate, your hopes, and beliefs are going to be lifted right back up, which you never saw. But <laughs> I knew enough. I thought he was getting it. Anyway, I uh, just plays this. You know, he walks in and, with in a five-minute scene, gives eight people nicknames. You know, like, "Oh, you're going to be Private Idiot," and "You're going to be Chinaman," and "You're going to be," you know. Just very stereotypical. Gookie LaRue. you like, Gookie LaRue feels a lot more offensive than these other names you gave people. It's a very, it, it's okay at this point. Finally, they get like, a, a, an hour into the movie, they finally get to this place on some islands in the Pacific that they have to take from the Japanese and go into a really intense, almost hour-long war movie from then on with battle scenes. And the kids, the Andrew Garfield character's hook is he's a Seventh-day Adventist which means they're opposed to violence of any kind, won't touch a gun. So he wants to go in and his boot camp instructor or whoever recruited him is like, yeah, you can be a medic. You'll never have to touch a gun. Gets to boot camp. They're like, you fucking hippie. You're touching a gun right now. And it's a whole turmoil. But they end up finally letting him go through just being a medic, not shooting. And, you know, it's just him running from crazy battle to crazy battle. And you see, you know, the one thing that I'm glad this movie does, it did not glorify war for even a second. Okay. It is heinous. I was gonna say, I know I saw one clip, it, like a, it's like a soldier about to get shot by somebody, and a bullet comes in, nails that guy through the back, splatters the one dude's face in blood, mm-hmm. and then like a second bullet comes in right afterwards to kill the other guy. Yeah, that was the scene I saw, like being shown. Like, yeah, it's a pretty graphic. Movie. Yeah, it's great. Once again, there's, there's no glamorizing. Of it. it It's heinous, and it's you know what you didn't. What our eh, our grandfathers were in the navy, both sides, so they were on a boat. But, you know, what, what the Japanese were doing to defend island to island, just building caves underground and sneaking up and just tossing men at. Uh, you yeah, that, I non-social. mean, that's the whole thing. Like, I know it's a term that gets, like, put around a lot, but the whole notion of a kamikaze is still, like, an insane problem. It's like, a, like yeah, I'm just, I'll just, I'll just fly a plane directly into you. I know I'll die, but I'm going to take more out. It's like, that's a pretty fucking crazy strategy. At one point they had, like, five Japanese soldiers that surrender, essentially, like, naked, just wearing, like, a diaper. And as soon as, like, any of the, the G.I.s get close, like, three of them just pull grenades out of them and pull the pin. Yeah, it's... it's yeah, it's intense. It's very intense. Do you think, uh... Because that's the one Gibson directed, right? Yeah. So do you think he should get best director nom- uh, not for it at all? You know, for that war scene, on um, what... I think it was, like, a $45 million movie. Not, like, a huge budget movie. I... I Think yeah, I think best director. I wouldn't give it best picture. I think the first half of it's really I'd, I'd slow. I haven't know much for getting best picture. But Hugo Weaving is a very odd character. It's definitely good to see him in that role. I think he does it pretty well. Because the dad has to come to back for him a couple times after being. Do like they a tie this in the MCU and he reveals himself to be Red Skull again? That'd be end. sweet. <laughs> like at the end, he just like pulls off the mask. He's like, now let's see about soon secret soldier project. Dude 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 dude. I'm like, wait, this already happened. I can see him just being like a recovering alcoholic, like, well, I need to focus my attention somewhere. Maybe Hydra. Uh hella hard water, any good? Uh once again, I'll give sorry. Uh Hacksaw Ridge gets a seven and a half noses out of ten. They're like, you should don't get to do a zero to ten. Oh, yeah. What's the why you have half I'll give it eight, eight noses. Why don't you ten. just do a five scale then and then do noses? Hacksaw Ridge, eight, eight out of ten. I'd love to see this one. Uh, Hell or High Water is a much more kind of just by the numbers, like, bank robbing. Yeah, I was so, going to say, I um, thought it was a pretty classic Western sort of movie. Yeah. It's, um, you know, and it's even kind of like the, it's brothers that are partners in it. And, of course, like, one's, like, the crazy aggressive, like, hothead. And the other one's, like, the more calm planning. And they plan it out to try and get a bunch, get a certain, I forget what it is, a few, I don't know, like, $50,000 to pay off their mom's mortgage. Because they also, there's also been speculated that there's oil under it. She took some, like, egregious loan from a bank years ago, and she's been struggling just to pay it off while they have no money to feed themselves. Anyway, so they rob basically this bank and its various branches to get exactly that amount of money so they can pay it off. Hmm. So they time it so it's, you know, no one goes in the vault. It's just what's in the register. So it's a very formulated plan just to get a certain amount of money, but not enough that the FBI is going to get involved or anyone big. You know, no one dies, even though the one brother nearly kills somebody every time they rob a place. And um, it's got Jeff Bridges playing Rooster Cogburn, cowboy slash R.I.P.D. guy again, <laughs> and him with the uh, the guy that plays the the what's her name's dad, Native American dad on Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. Oh yeah, playing his Mexican slash Native American partner, so he could squeeze both Mexican and Indian jokes throughout this entire movie. Did you see the Honest Trailers on the the nominees? No, I should show you that after this time because yeah, they mention that in there. It's like uh Jeff Bridges playing the same Western character he's been in like five different movies, which it's like he does it great. I've, you nail it, but you it can't you a, can't give him an Oscar again for it, playing the same guy. It would be like if every podcast though I kept coming at like Maggie, you heard my Terrence Howard impersonation. <laughs> he's in the room with us right now. It's like, all right, look, come on, eventually you have to get rid of the yeah, stop doing the character. You got to let it go. Yeah. But maybe I haven't given you enough feedback on that. <laughs> maybe I haven't been giving you enough uh no, respect on this isn't good. But um it, you know what? It's absolutely worth watching for the last ten minutes of that movie. The last ten minutes of that movie are ridiculous. It's okay. you know, it's a scene where he basically gets away with it and Jeff Bridges kind of comes to confront him and uh his family ends up showing up and kind of interrupting the scene. But it, it basically it it's got I forget is it Timothy Oliphant I don't know who the other brother is Oliphant yeah but it it's him telling him like look if you came I didn't do nothing but if you came here for justice your gun's right there yeah and it it's a great it's an amazing scene I'd say number two if I'm going for best individual scene behind uh Moonlight chair breaking <laughs> <laughs> Moonlight sweet sweet justice <laughs> yeah the break of dawn hashtag uh, let's do a rival then, since I don't have too much to honestly say about this one. I'll I give it. Hell or High Water seven out of... Seven noses. Seven, seven noses. It's a good movie, but the most of it is kind of a stereotypical bank kind of robbing movie, which I'm not objected to. Yeah, it's weird it's nominated for Best Picture. But yeah, this, of the movies there, it, it would be kind of the odd man out next to that piece of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it makes 100% sense why Hollywood was yeah. nominated and why it's considered a favorite for Best Picture. hmm So Arrival is, I guess, what is their... Because Deadpool wasn't nominated. I heard people being like, Deadpool definitely should have been nominated. Because usually they throw out one bone to like a kind of like pop culture movie Mm -hmm. that was really popular and well-received. And I was like, I feel like it'd be weird for them to nominate Deadpool. I mean, I guess it was probably the closest, but Arrival is the one they went with in that it was at least something that had a pretty mainstream release. Like it wasn't released during the Oscar period or whatever like that. Um, And I heard a lot of really good things about it. I've heard some people be like, it's going to be the kind of movie that changes your perception of what science fiction films are going to be, mm-hmm. and I'm like, maybe I just heard that from people who had never seen Lost before, because it it felt like Lost basically the movie. Like, there's a twist halfway through the movie, well, maybe not halfway, a little more than that. Um, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Okay. Now I'm all now I'm all kerfuffle. But you didn't see it? No, I did. I watched. Okay. it. Yeah. I saw Arrival. Honestly, because that was almost my. Um... My Steve Jobs of the Sheriff's, like, I think that's a movie you probably enjoy the most. I saw, it's not that I think it's bad. I think it's a like good it movie, a but I, I heard so many people saying it's going to change your perception. I'm like, I mean, the big twist is that it's not, it's a non-linear time thing and she's actually like traveling through time in this, per, like, it's a power she's obtained mm-hmm. and that all humanity could obtain from these aliens that their language is basically, that's how it functions is it's like throughout time. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it plays in this idea that we've been thinking, we've been seeing flashbacks of this girl, this yeah. daughter she had that is, you know, has died. And it's like, oh no, that's actually a daughter she's going to have in the future, knowing full well this disease is going to come. She's it's going to die kill from a lot of people. painful cancer. Yeah. That her daughter is going to die from, and you know, all these things. I like how it all ties up. Like I think it's actually very well written, but it's just one of those things. I was like, ah, okay. Like it's not mind blowing in that way. And I, there's, Like, with Steve Jobs, there were definitely a lot more scenes where I'm like, oh, shit, what a crazy scene. But I don't have that many of that when it comes to this. I think the craziest scene is maybe, like, when the Chinese... Oh, that she has where she wakes up and the monster's in her room. I mean, that's pretty weird. I called it monster. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Mikey, They're saviors. I think the best scenes probably, like, when the twist is real and you have, like, the Chinese ambassador come up. He's like, I need Mm -hmm. to thank you for... Mm -hmm. You know, for that. And Someday. I'm supposed to, I'm going to give idea. you my number. She's like, I don't have your number. He's like, don't you? And like, shows a tour, and that's when you're like, oh, shit, she's traveling through time or whatever. Her consciousness is well, independent the, from time. Did we do the premise of the movie, even? Well, yeah. I mean, if you haven't heard of it, it's aliens have landed on Earth. Allowed us into their ship. Yeah, they can't communicate. With they us. can't speak with us at all. And so it's clearly a more advanced ship than what we have. Yeah, it's all it's like very like uh doesn't give gem- off any geme- like geometrically like uh smooth like like it's, a contact lens. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Uh and like 16 it Doesn't give off any energy at all. Like they don't even know how the thing moves around. 16 or 12 land. I like think it's 12. Yeah. 12 land in different parts Over. of the world very shocking parts like the only one in america is over montana or something something like that yeah and which they never is... tell you what they're why they're picked and the nations essentially are all trying to use different communications experts which is what amy adams is she's like a professor at i forget what school it was but some school yeah. uh, she's a professor of language there and it's her like job to try to figure out how to communicate with these these aliens and it's all juxtaposed with this, like, flashback she keeps going to of a daughter she once had. Under the direction of Forrest Whitaker and Michael Stulberg making another appearance in the best Oscar pick. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Finding a complete shithead again. Yeah, he does, definitely. Uh, and, uh, also, uh, Hawkeye gets a, a chance to have a leading role. Yeah, not a great part of the movie. But... Yeah, that's well, I think that my issue cat kind because of, it's like, it's, none of the characters are that interesting. Which no. is, I think, where a lot of my entry drops for the movie. It's but an interesting premise. The story's awesome. Those aliens, I think, they did nail, like, giving a cool new look. I was convinced that they were just going to turn out to be the hands of a much larger alien. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see that. Because you only ever see them surrounded in a mist. Yeah. And, it like, it's very much like you're almost in Silent Hill whenever they're around. Yeah. Like, it's just a dark fog. It's very around. dramatic. like the... Cthulhu-esque. Like, yeah. they're all just tentacles, and, like, they only speak... The only thing they speak in is this like they shoot ink out of their hand and like wave it around the circle. And like it like the circle is constant. It's just like the wisps that flow off of it are to dictate their language. Mm -hmm. And there are cool scenes where they try to like show how you would learn to communicate with these creatures, like the small steps you'd have to incrementally make and how many different nuances exist within language. Like as someone who writes a lot, I definitely took an interest in that. But it's just tough for me because Amy Adams doesn't have a whole lot to her character. And the mention like the Jeremy Renner character is like just kind yeah. of there. Just to give it more of a, for the storyline of her future, like, yeah. what's going to happen. Because that's the big twist, too. Well, not the big twist. It's one of the parts of the twist, too. It's like, she can't mention a scientist father that they have. And it's like, oh, shit, Jeremy Renner's yeah. the scientist father. And why wouldn't he <clears> be dating <throat> her now if, like, they're so happy in this moment? Yeah, but meanwhile, while, like, in America, we're talking to the one, you also find out that Russia and China are slowly kind of, like, mobilizing. Like, one's in the Pacific Ocean outside of China, it's just surrounded by their entire navy. Yeah. So you find, you get, some parts of the world are taking a much more militarized stance towards this. And the whole premise of the aliens want them to learn this language. Which I guess makes time non-existent. I don't. It, it allows you to link, uh, basically, to separate your consciousness from time, so you can experience things without like a solid, like a linear following. But you still get old. Yeah, like okay. you still age. It's just your you Your knowledge exists independent of time, so you're able to know all things that you're going to know. Essentially, it's the yeah, time travels. The dubious huge. gift. Well, the whole, the whole thing is that they're giving it to us because they know shit's going to happen to them, and yeah. they need humanity's help, so they need humanity to essentially get this gift now. Yeah. And it's cool. Like, I do like it. It's nice that it isn't, like, another alien, like, invasion story. It actually is aliens that are here to try to help, mm-hmm. even after humanity tries to fuck them over, too, yeah. classically. Um and to that degree, it's great, but it, it's something where I'm like, yeah, I mean, just the notion of a story that's playing with my perception of time isn't that crazy unique of a story. Mm-hmm. So I felt like the twist was a little bit of a letdown in that. I was like, I thought it was still cool, but I was like, yeah, I mean, I watched Lost. I've seen what you've done with, you know, people who can traverse time and shit like that. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, there's performance wise, there's nobody that really, Amy Adams was okay. Um, you know, fortunately this was another big budget for a movie that Forrest Whitaker's in that plays pretty, you're yeah, just like, oh, movie. I forgot you're in this. Because you're yeah. not in, like, the final scenes at all. It's, what, fucking... He just comes in to threaten them. It's just the Rothstein, basically, is yeah. actual, like, the douchey antagonist. Yeah. yeah. But the scenes with the aliens are so good. And so compelling. And yet there's never a huge down... There's not a lot of downtime between them once they start. Uh I think, by far, it would be maybe my favorite movie of the ones I saw. Okay. I can definitely see that. Um... It's a pretty solid one. I, I see why it, like the, the black kids hand jobs on the beach. At I feel the very like I could, have, could have done <laughs> with a few more of it. If I, it gave me a couple more chair shots, like if I had to take an equatable thing to chair shots to hand jobs, <laughs> That's I true. would absolutely take that. We have to look up that scene in the gym later. Right? <laughs> figure out what that is because like weren't they just taking their dicks Didn't out did we both like just have like a moment where we stroked out and we're just like it was just them blowing each other in our minds. we're just like I'm gonna take you somewhere else boop 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 boop, boop, boop. <laughs> brain just trying to protect me it. but it's like but it can't be because then it's supposed to be such a dramatic hand job scene later on the beach how dramatic is it it's like oh we blow each other every Tuesday <laughs> uh, and I think the last <laughs> one then is uh Manchester by the sea. Uh I do want to do Jackie real quick Oh uh, okay, yeah, yeah, go Cause For, that, for some reason I thought that was up for Best Picture too. But yeah, no. Um, lose. Jackie's Natalie Portman is Jackie Kennedy. Um essentially the movie is her planning her husband's funeral. So it picks up pretty much right after. And you cut back to a few points in the movie. Uh it's an amazing performance by Natalie Portman. Um and I don't know much about Jackie Kennedy. So I could be off base, but it seems like it was some pretty shitty treatment of other historical figures. Lyndon Johnson, who's played by, um, remember Drew Carey's, like, transvestite brother from the Drew Carey show? Very, really. This huge fat dude. That's who plays Lyndon Johnson. Okay. You don't see a scene of him, like, approaching her after her husband's shooting and saying, like, I'm so sorry for your loss. All you see is this swearing-in ceremony on a plane, which you're led to believe he forced to happen like that quickly. And after he gets sworn in, he literally just kind of pats her on the back and walks away. Like, it's like, like top luck. Get your shit out of my new room. Why would she even need to be there to begin <laughs> with? She's not the queen. She doesn't yeah. like, get to like question the president's legitimacy. And then you basically just see him trying to like, it's all. So, You never see him doing it because he's not in much of the movie, but it's constantly like, yeah, Lyndon Johnson wants you out of the White House by Tuesday, toots. (laughs) And the Kennedys, only represented by Bobby Kennedy, no Ted, the mom's in it for maybe two minutes. He's their only representation, played by Skarsgård, is that his name? Alexander Skarsgård or Peter Skarsgård? Peter Skarsgård, the guy that was in Green Lantern, the bad guy in that. Which one's Alexander? I thought Peter Skarsgård. Alexander, was I think, is the one from True Blood. Peter's the older one, right? I don't think they're brothers. Well, I mean, isn't the... Uh, who's the one from Thor? The one who plays the doctor? That's, a, that's the guy from True Blood's dad. Okay. He's not related to this guy. Okay, gotcha. The names sound kind of weird. It's a lot of SKs and Gs. Yeah, on. it's a lot of Nordic shit. Yeah, I believe he's American. but um, Not in my country. Not based on the zero Boston accent he even attempted during this movie. <laughs> it's just like, Jackie, pick. it's so sad. I can't believe you will to be hanging out with our anymore. He's barely decent to her for me, the first half of the movie. And then it just becomes like a strange, and he's like, our reputation's done. Oh, it's for nothing. And just the Kennedy's barely in it. Like yeah. really not very kind to the Kennedy's, you know, even some like scenes where she doesn't even defend her husband's legacy. It's a um, very odd treatment of everybody except Jackie, but it's a great, it's a great watch. Um, we go eight noses out of 10. Bravo. Would you give Arrival, by the way? I don't think he gave it a nose, the nose scale. I gonna Arrival's close to a nine. Honestly, wow. of these movies, I think it's just the most compelling. That's pretty high. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap this I'll up. I'll let you do Manchester, Manchester by the, for... by the BJ. Manchester by the BJ. Uh, this is the story of, a younger brother, Lee, I believe is his name, who at the start of it, because it's it's kind of tough to explain if you're following the movie chronologically because it bounces back and forth between when this guy is younger and what's happening kind of in the present, I guess you'd call it the movie. Yeah. But essentially he has an older brother who is known to have this heart condition. They find out he's probably got like five to 10 years left and you keep bouncing back and forth. So like you find out about that, as essentially the present again, would be that that 10 years is up. His brother has had a heart attack yeah. and dies. He has a younger son. And essentially the crux of the movie is Not that, that young. Well, yeah, I shouldn't say young, but uh, he has a teenage son. Mm-hmm. And the crux of it is that uh, Lee has been named the Guardian, which he finds shocking because he didn't feel like that he would be the right person. But you find out far later in the movie why. Mm-hmm. And it's actually... It's fucking heartbreaking when you find out. Yeah. Essentially... He got really shit faced one night while his on family Coke. was sleeping. Yeah, like we Coke, weed, yeah. a shit ton of stuff. Got really fucked up, uh, saw like it was really cold in the house. So he like put a fire on and it was like, shit, I'm out of beer. So he didn't drive because he was like, that'd be dangerous. Decides to walk to the convenience store, which is like 20, 20 miles minutes. away, like 20 minutes away, yeah. one way and doesn't, didn't for, like, forgot to put the screen on, caught his house on fire nearly killed his wife and ended up killing all three of his kids. Yeah. And he was acquitted of Including any a charge. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> and it was acquitted of any charges because like, look, it's not a crime to forget to put the screen on. You didn't actually, like, which I feel like technically that's reckless. Uh, like you could call that involuntary homicide. Probably could, but they're like, look, you didn't legally do anything wrong. You're just a victim of a very I unfortunate it, incident. He tries to kill I guess himself you could write immediately that, yeah, afterwards in that's, that's why I I'm almost have to Because he's shocked that. there's no charges, which I am, too. I could see maybe a small town. That's just how much leeway that cop has. But that seems ridiculous that it's like – Because at least in, reckless endangerment. Yeah, because it's in – is that in – no, yeah, that's Manchester. That, that's, uh, that's Manchester by the sea that they're in there. Yeah, because he some, leaves somewhere he, outside of Boston. He like leaves Manchester by the sea to go to Boston to live because he can't stay become in town a, a big anymore. boozy like janitor. Essentially. Yeah, to become essentially a sad Giappoletti who, who just very quickly will turn a dime to any like statement you give him. But it's so sad that he won't even ask out that black chick that like the one he's like cleaning her toilet. And, like, just like, a and you can her. clearly hear her over the phone like, "Yeah, I totally want to fuck my janitor." Yeah. I mean, he's so sad and miserable yeah. at that point, it doesn't shock me. That's a kind of like sad miserable erection it, I didn't be able to get up. Yeah, it's a very draining movie, and he's a character who just fucking hates everything. And it's 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 kind of an endearing movie in that it's... A movie I'm slowly, glad I watched over. Yeah. yeah, it's a movie where you slowly see him start to take to this responsibility, but there's just things that keep interfering. The biggest reason being that his ex-wife comes back into his life. And it's, it's all about, he kind of wants, like, because he's the Guardian... He's going to take this kid out of uh, Manchester it kinda tells her he seat. loves It, it kind of tells him she still loves her. Or she still loves him. Yeah, there. well, that's because that's what I'm like getting to is that he, he's saying he's going to take this kid out of Manchester by the Sea to go to Boston with him. Don't dump an apartment. Because he's apartment. just like, I can't. Like, he never says it directly, but it's because he can't live there. And yeah. he finally starts to come around to the idea of maybe it happening. Then he sees his ex-wife again. She apologizes to him for all the things she said to him because of it. Like, realizing, like, it's hurt him, too that Mm -hmm. she may still have feelings for him, and he just, he can't deal with it anymore, even he, he's like, I'll, I'm gonna transfer ownership, like, guardianship to George, like, a family friend, Mm -hmm. and get a play, like, that's, I mean, I'm essentially just finishing the movie, that's how it essentially ends. And then goes to have the drink, gets bumped into somebody, and just fucking The guy says excuse me, and just the most heinous sucker punch I have ever seen, thrown by Casey Affleck, yeah, that's my fourth favorite scene. <laughs> it's such <laughs> like, a great well, shot. You're like, holy shit. And, like, a bunch of guys start beating him up, and they're like, oh, what are you doing? Like, no, a bunch of guys should beat you up if you're taking that bad of a sucker punch against the stranger. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. You don't feel much guilt for much uh, <laughs> sympathy for him in that one. But, I mean, it's it. I thought it was a really well-done movie in the sense that it doesn't play anything to, like, it doesn't seem to show one side of things. It really, like... It's so not very sappy. Yeah, it's not sappy. You don't get the sense of, like, oh, man, Lee, what a you know forlorn, tragic character. It's like, nah, I mean, a lot of this stuff is kind of on himself, but at the same time, it does go mm-hmm. enough to show, like, you know, even though the wife suffered probably the most of anybody, mm-hmm. he still has to carry the weight of three dead children yeah. on him constantly. You know, he, he has to deal with the fact that now he's the guardian for this kid who just yeah. can't stand him. And just really great scenes, like the scene with the the, the kid where he like is trying to like put chicken in the freezer and just starts having like a mental breakdown yeah. over it. And Which it you think maybe it. it's like, oh shit, does he have the same thing that his dad had for a second? Yeah, I was worried about that. I was like, oh god, don't do this to this And this is when you movie. find out too. Yeah, that was, that was going to be heartbreaking. It's, yeah, a movie you definitely do not want to watch under the influence. No, I I, and don't watch it if you're in a dark, shitty place to be This was actually what I started. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely it's absolutely. It's also the one that's least fresh in my memory. I, I, I liked it a lot. I mean, I like those kinds of movies that can, you know, tell you, like, a, a character story and, you know, they're sad or anything uh-huh. like that. It usually doesn't, you know, hurt me too bad or anything like that. But it, it's a dream. I think why I, I give Casey Affleck for it is just what that kind of, like, to put that performance into that character who's just so drained. Yeah. And has to still have those flares of emotion. Like, he, he nails every scene he's in. Like it's, I, I, think I would agree. Yeah, a lot went had to go into that role. And I think he did an excellent performance once again. Taking it back to versus Denzel Washington, I think it's a character that's just much more subdued. It's much more like still waters run deep, you know. You know that like there's a suffering and a hurt in him that generally he doesn't say out loud. It's just something you kind of assume from the beginning. Yeah, and then it gets confirmed when you see the fire scene with his kids. It's just not. Which not as there's not as much like there's no memorable lines really. I'd say from it. Would you be able to quote anything? Um, There's moments... I'm trying to think of that one line that immediately made me think of Jeff Brissetti. Oh, it's when the fucking kid's in the car. And he's like, do you want to go in and see him? Like, <clears throat> like in their park, he's like, fine, let's go. And he's like, the kid's opening the door to get out. And he starts, like, driving. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I said let's go. Like, let's go inside. He's yeah. like, well, you just said let's go. So I'm going to drive away. I yeah. almost broke your goddamn leg. It's just him, like... I'm sorry, the fucking language isn't perfect. Yeah, well, he just had to switch to his default mode. Yeah, which it's just been anger. Yeah, and it's just that notion that he's like so literal in his mindset. He goes from dead to anger. Yeah, that's his two. That's like that's, yeah, that's like a that layer. So once again, that's why it's hard to like really get into. Um, okay. I would say this though, I would definitely consider like Casey Affleck now to be the superior acting at Affleck of the two. Once again, I don't Oh, know. maybe not superior, but I would definitely say you can't consider Ben like the better actor of the two of them. I need to yourself. see more range. Uh, it's not from I him mean, as an actor. I mean, that character only had. Uh, a small Okay, range. I'd say check out... Um, and uh, I, the last well, one was that one with Brad say, Pitt as, Jay, as uh, Jay, uh, Jesse James, yeah. which is... I would say check it's out... all Brad Pitt and almost no <laughs> Out of the furnace, but I'm like, mm, that's another movie that you can't really watch <laughs> under the influence of anything. A movie with a much more decisively sad and tragic ending, too yeah i would have to uh you know i did enjoy it unfortunately the movie suffers for me just because it's the one i watched less recent so it it doesn't strike in my head i did love the movie i thought it was really good it's you know it was kind of like uh, it was the Beasts of No Nation of me for this year. We're like, wow, this thing just gets sadder and sadder for the most part. Except yeah. Beasts of No Nation never really gets happier. Yeah, I was going to say, there is a slight bit at the end that seems to suggest yeah. at least things are improving for Which, which I do kind of like those movies sometimes, the ones that are sad, sad, sadder, sad, sad, sort of happy ending. Where it's yeah. like in context, it's very happy. Period. You know, taken out of context, you're like, that seems like a pretty big bummer. Yeah, like, oh, man, still not a whole lot of great things happening. I mean, yeah, like, guys. six months down the road, he might just get drunk and fucking, like, kill somebody in a bar. Yeah, I was surprised. And that kid's end is done. They almost, I thought they were going to make mention maybe he like, got sober. sober, but they show no. that he still drinks from time to time. Yeah. Like, doesn't drink a whole lot. You don't ever see him, like, completely shit-faced so much, but... So I did love that, that it's yeah. still not that sappy that he went sober. Not that I don't support that, but that would have been the easy move to do at the end of this movie, to show you that... This isn't going to happen again. He's learned from his mistakes. It could still happen in six months. Yeah. So you just kind of have to go on, on that. But uh, I, I think it's the one I probably see the most, in, got the most enjoyment out of or the most, I don't know if I'd say enjoyment, but I think that I found like the most engrossing experience, but I think Moonlight I look at as the better movie of those ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still, none of the movies this year were things that I looked at that I saw and was like. Boom! Amazing film right? anything. Oh, I, really? I, I, think they're all, I think Arrival they're all, was that for me. I think they're all very good. I just, just none. I like put all my fucking weight behind. Well, you did see four of them. So I know. There's I a whole lot. There's you a did lot. You did see less all than all half, things. so I could see I why mean, you make that. I film. saw less than a third. <laughs> I would go. It's uh, <laughs> fourteen. I saw four. <laughs> oh, I meant just of the, the best picture uh, oh, well, Then yes, because I would definitely go, I think Arrival is e- easily my first, and then I would probably go. I might go Manchester by the Sea. Actually, no, I think I'm going to have to put Hacksaw Ridge above Manchester by the Sea. And then it's become, it's the duel between Manchester by the Sea versus Fences. Which, once again, a very good movie. If you like Denzel Washington, stop what you're doing and see that movie. Because it, it's it's amazing. It's almost to him, and like you were saying, it, it's almost too big of a character. It's a lot of, obviously, monologues taken from plays. Yeah, well, it's, it's based on a play that I guess people were And like, once again, it hasn't been done before. Benzo Washington directed this, so there was no one there to reel him in at times, which it, at some points it does get kind of like stereotypical, where it's like, oh, he just had a rant 30 seconds ago. He's got another one. But um, great movie, uh, and I would say that's, uh, I, honestly, I'd say it's probably better than Manchester by the Sea. So Manchester by the Sea comes in at fourth for me. I think it'll probably win, though. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it. No, it's, a, it's an excellent it. movie. It definitely is. I think the only the only one I that felt marketed poorly because all the trailers made me think he was a, inheriting like a seven year old kid. Yeah, because that's the thing. The first shot on the boat, and it's something we didn't even address. Is he also has a lot of like deep seated like inferiority complex to his no. older brother, and that's the first scene in the movie is him talking to the kid when they were still the kid was still like seven. Yeah, I and mean, like. Yeah, wouldn't you want me over your old man if you got like in a situation or something like that? Like, no, it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> and he is such like an aggressive character, even in that moment too. He's like, you got a hook. Come on, you got to break the hook. Just yeah. like, oh man. I uh, was not prepared for a movie where it was going to be a guy like, oh my god, I'm adopting this 17 year old <laughs> kid. What am I going to do? Oi, bye, boy. What do you mean? I just have to make sure he gets to school for another six months. Can't drive. Uh, yeah, I, I still enjoy it. I, just, uh, I think the only thing that would be like horrifying is if they were like, alright, and the winner of best picture, La La Land. I'm just like, oh, Hollywood, you can't do this. It's an abomination. If that movie is beyond terrible. I, I can't call it an abomination. I could just say it's a hundred percent not a movie for anyone who doesn't like. I gave it a one nose out of ten. Just because a zero note, like at least you filmed something and it made it onto disc. Like was a, zero ten, a zero out of a zero knows out of tens. Like I guess, like Cannibal Holocaust. Where, like <laughs> this was an actively damaging film to humanity. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would only say like because I consider myself. I'd say This is an actively damaging movie. It's not good, and it's getting way too much attention. And if it if the future is going to be like more of these shitty like harebrained musicals that aren't catchy. That's scary. I bet you the there's is, I bet like, you there's five in development right now. The thing that I have is that I I consider myself somebody who thinks more with the left side of my brain. Like I do think I have I'm not saying I'm artistic, but I think queer. I have yeah, I'm a queer. Um no, I think I have there's more of an artistic mindset towards things. Based on my math skills, I have to be over there too. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean logical thinking doesn't necessarily mean you have to be good at math. But just I feel like I have that let's say and even then I'm still like I'm still saying here like this is such a douchey. Like there's no sense of um, self-awareness or like a very base amount of it and then there's just no they don't like it's such a romantic movie that just doesn't take any like turns that yeah. you wouldn't expect it's 100% exactly as you feel like it would both of them have the perfect careers it's just like ah come on like and like I said the music's not even that great I maybe think the first song's okay but it's forgotten after it's the strongest every song. of the ones yeah. I mean they're like give me a song that's a Half as catchy as Let It Go. Anything I could name. And I can't name any of it. It was all, except the, the well, one, I, feel like I ran so far away cover. Yeah, I feel like it's so much of just a different variations of that first song and the yeah. song they play on the piano. And that song he plays on the piano is just awful to me. So I don't, I, I don't go as far as you where I'm like, it's a horrifying thing. It movie. sweeps it. But I would say it's, it, no, it doesn't deserve any of it. and I don't think it there's anybody talking of, I hope there's not talk of giving that best director. Uh, I think it may be you Matt, what if it sweeps the big four? I best mean that was your be, best director. It best would be Hollywood actor. essentially first and foremost revealing just how shallow it is, but yeah. it would also be pretty huge to be like, Wait, none of these other very worthy people got nominated. Hey look, we gave the blacks a shot at it. Yeah, they we had a chance. It. We gave it Cottonmouth got best supporting actor for a movie he was in thirty minutes of, if even. But uh I, I think there are people out there who are going to enjoy it. It's just I'm not one of them. Whatsoever, it's it's far too much into itself, and just so long, so long with nothing happening. I I watched half of that movie in a day, had to stop because I was so bored. Came back and I was like, oh my god, there's still another hour of this shit, and it still felt like it took four hours to finish. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, when does this end? I w- it was hard to get a beat on you for this because <clears throat> last year I caught, I saw you watching at least a couple. <clears throat> this year I didn't see you watching any. My nightmare I was going to get here, in you I didn't see anything. I was like, I sat through La La Land for nothing? No. I, at the very least, it's like, I knew I had to see La La Land and Manchester by the Sea. Like, just, like, the most obvious nominees. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it was a long run. It was, it was a shorter February than I thought it was. But, oof, yeah. No, I still managed to squeeze a turkey like La La Land in there. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I do want to mention, uh, my third favorite scene behind the chair hitting from Moonlight. Mm-hmm. And, uh oh, God, what was the number two moment? Before? Was it the spinning La La Land scene? Like, <laughs> JK Simmons, like, JK Simmons, for the other Number three is, you know, favorite, most dramatic, I'll put it that, is that in Jackie, they actually recreate a six-second scene of him getting shot, mm-hmm. JFK, which is nuts to see that. Like, done with the everything we have at our fingertips today. Yeah. And uh, uh number six would definitely have to be, if you don't see Hell or High Water... At least check out, there's one scene where this guy, like some wiggers talking shit to him in a truck and just gets his shit pushed in so quickly and so dramatically. It's absolutely worth seeing. Are you looking for that? I'm trying to find the gif. Of it's it, gotta but, be. Right? Uh, I'm sure it is. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up though and, uh, finish up so we can we'll announce those, the results uh, in the net. well I guess there's no it's pretty obvious, obvious. I've seen everything Yeah, that you, you, I can't actually win. you didn't see anything I didn't see so. yeah so I can't actually win so yeah I'll be doing a boot camp with Tommy but fit oh, in the hot yoga yeah we'll find we'll find a way to make it happen but uh, that's oh, gonna do it I'll squeeze that in super quick now I'm gonna call and schedule that tomorrow and to make that, sure you do yours that's uh that's gonna do it for the Super Lairious Brothers we'll catch you next time enjoy the Oscars oh. on the Super Lairious Brothers Show do 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 do